All right, everybody, welcome in to the West Side Sports Podcast. It has been a hot minute since I have been on the back on the mic. Apologies for the downtime in between podcasts. The last one I posted was just before the NFL draft. I believe it was the day of the draft. But anyways, as always, I am your host, Dakota Ezri. Welcome into today's podcast. Today's podcast is going to be, a, for a bare lack of an expression, we got a lot to catch up on. Uh, again, apologies for the downtime. I've been in the process of a pretty much two moves. I am uh, now back in a place. I am situated. I have my recording equipment all set up, obviously, so you guys can hear me. But uh, we have a lot to, to cover today with Mariners, Seahawks. I'm going to cover over the draft. And I want to talk a lot about, about Mariners today. But as I always say at the beginning of every podcast, thank you guys so much for taking the time out of your busy, busy Monday day to listen to my podcast. I very much appreciate it. And as always, if you enjoy the podcast and if you are new and the uh, topics are not dull and you find them to be entertaining and engaging, please do me a favor, subscribe, leave a rating. If you are on Apple Podcasts, you can leave me a written review, which I would very much appreciate. That helps me out a ton. And also, you can leave me on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all that good jazz. You can leave me star ratings, which really helps out my algorithm. Okay, so a short around the world section for those of you who are new or listening for the first or second time. I usually or typically do an around the world section covering a couple of the big hitters of the weekend and stuff that that's been going on. And granted, since I've been gone for a while, there's a ton. So I'm really just going to cover the last couple of topics that have happened today and yesterday afternoon. Carmelo Anthony, Mr. Syracuse himself, has retired from the National Basketball Association. This is a bit of a bittersweet day for myself personally. I used to be a massive NBA fan. When it was Carmelo, uh, you know, rookie Carmelo, LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Tim Duncan, the list goes on, Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, uh, stuff like that. Those That was like the era that I loved basketball. And Carmelo Anthony was a huge part of that. The, he made the the Denver Nuggets a just can, a, can, a playoff, excuse me, a playoff contending team almost every single season. Him and George Carl were a duo tandem of a player and coach which is fascinating to read George Carl's book and his articles and stuff that he's been posting after he walked away from coaching. But again, props to Carmelo Anthony, 10-time All-Star, one of the greatest scorers probably in my life without question. Obviously, he's not on the level of Kevin Durant, but he's pretty similar to Dwayne Wade as far as how I look at the sports world and the NBA. I know Dwayne Wade has more championships. As far as I know, Carmelo does not have any Apologies, I didn't do the deep, deep dive into his overall track record, which we can do at a different time when we get another big time star in that class to retire. We'll maybe do a class review overall, but I just want to give some love to him. And uh, he was so much fun to watch at Syracuse back, back in the days of when NCAA was really at the pinnacle of its existence. And that's just my own personal opinion. Congrats to Brooks Kepka for winning the PGA Championship, which gave him a Cool $17.5 million. That is a fantastic earning for playing some golf. Grant, I know it's professional, obviously, but that's a lot of cheddar to play some golf for. Denver Nuggets take 3-0 series lead over, over the Lakers. That series is a wrap. It's over. It's been over since game two. Uh, Nikola Jokic, the Joker, the dude is absolutely unbelievable. I don't, I don't know if 
I am like trying to remember back to uh, my ki- like my youth, my teenage years of a big player or like a player, excuse me, that was a power forward, a center that was over seven feet tall. Besides for, I think the closest comparison for him is Dirk Nowinski, probably because of his shooting ability, the three point stuff, the touch, the ability to rebound, the passing. He's like Tim Duncan with Dirk, with Dirk blended in and a handful of other players, but he is such a phenomenal talent. Congrats to the San Antonio Spurs for winning the Victor Wembiana. Apologies if I don't got that name right. I have not spent a whole lot of time on the prep for him, but obviously everybody kind of knows a little bit about this kid. Seven foot five, seven foot nine wingspan. The kid's just massive. He looks just like a baby Kevin Durant. Congrats to San Antonio, and it must be awful nice to be a San Antonio Spurs fan with having Greg Popovich for most of your, most of all my adult life has been Greg Popovich at the helm. You guys drafted Tim Duncan. You guys got, um, oh shoot, David Robinson, uh, Robinson, Robertson, excuse me, and then now you get Victor. So just some ridiculously good luck. And I saw there's a lot of posts from Charlotte Hornets fans and like Washington Wizards fans. Let's just be honest. If Victor were to go to any one of those two teams, the league would not give a damn. They wouldn't. The Charlotte Hornets are a joke. You know, I look at, you know, um, Washington Wizards have been a joke for legitimately my entire life. The only thing they've ever been good or had anything good in their time was when they had, like, prime uh, Bradley Beal was good, Gilbert Arenas before he decided to pull a gun out in the locker room like an idiot. So... It's been a uh, troubling time, but as far as I really am considered with the NBA, they could really kiss my you-know-what. I don't really care about the NBA, but this, the sweepstakes, is a cool, and the lottery conversation is neat. If you guys want to have a con- want me to have a conversation and bring up some stats and do, do some research on if the NFL should do a draft lottery, you can reach out and find me on my Twitter handle, capital specifically, P-N-W, Professor, you can find me there. Um, that's where I do a lot of my tweeting mid game for Mariners games, um, uh, stuff that's going around the league wide sports stuff, all that good jazz. That is the around the world section for today. <clears throat> that's like I said, it's gonna be a little bit of a shorter one, but I, I really made it shorter because I want to talk Mariners and I feel like this time last year, I said some things that were not, um, very popular or cool or whatever you want to call it. No cap, as these kids call it these days. Whatever it is, rinse my mouth out with Listerine for saying that. <laughs> but here's the whole conversation here, ladies and gentlemen. The Mariners currently sit at 22-24. and 24. Obviously, they're two games under 500. The last road trip, in my opinion, was a failure. Obviously, you lose more than you win. That's easy to say. Here is the circumstance of our situation. We went to start the series off in Detroit. You should have swept them. The Tigers are a bad team. You win two out of three there. Cool. You went to Boston. Boston was known for hitting the baseball pretty well the last the last few games. Masataka Yoshida has been a pleasant surprise for the Boston faithful. It, I, I'm trying to figure out the correct words I want to say here. The Mariners have all the ability in the world to be one of the best teams in the American League. And guys like... Uh, John Paul Morosi, JP Morosi, excuse me, of MLB Network, Jeff Passan, um, Buster Olney, the list goes on of all the big uh, MLB writer guys that said this team has the ability and the talent to be a playoff team. I agree. I agree. You When you have players like a Julio, like obviously led by Julio, Kelnick having his breakout season, 
uh, acquiring a player like Teoscar Hernandez, having one of the best, if not the best, pitching rotation in baseball. It's it's a great building blade, a building block to start your foundation with for this team, right? We made the playoffs last year. The anticipations are high. Expectations are high, as they should be, because that's what happens when you win baseball games and you snap the longest professional drought in American professional sports in the in the world. It's what it is. Or excuse me, the, the uh, country, not the world. Sorry, uh, apologies if my audio doesn't sound great. I'm in my new space and I'm battling a little bit of cold, so I'm pushing through for you guys today. Anyways. Let's just go over the weekend recap. I want to specifically talk about the Atlanta Braves series. So if you don't want to hear stat lines, stuff like that, you should skip for two minutes. So I'm just going to reread off a couple stat lines, and then I'm going to have a reason for doing this. Just bear with me, okay? I'll try and be as quick as I can. Friday, 6-2 loss. Six and a third innings pitched for Bryce Miller. Four hits, three runs. Granted, Trevor Gott was the reason why most of those runs came in, but that's a different conversation for a different day. Gino, three strikeouts. Taylor Trammell, two strikeouts, two runs in that game. Bryce Miller exited the game two to one. You scored one run for Bryce Miller in his in the duration of his start. This offense is pathetic. It's putrid. It's embarrassing. And quite frankly, quite frankly, sometimes it's it's a waste of my damn time. It really is. I love this team. I see people can say, well. How can you say that it's a waste of time and say you love it, blah, blah, blah. It's not speaking out both sides of your mouth. No. Um, as one, Brock Hewer likes to say oh so famously, uh, two things, things can be true but yet wrong at the, at the same time. And when I say that, I mean this for a specific reason. You look at what our starting pitching can do for us. It's pretty damn simple. We pitch the ball well. We can't hit the ball to save our life. It's like a, it's a miracle. If we score more than three runs a game, it's embarrassing. Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, listen to this podcast. It's embarrassing. We should have, the Tigers are not a good team. They're not. Riley Green, decent prospect. Spencer Torkelson, I don't even know if he's even up right now. Decent prospect. The, Casey Mize, they had a starting pitcher. I don't even know if he's even on the roster anymore. Like every player on that team is hardly even league average. We can't hit the baseball to save our life. I'll keep saying it again. So, you look at Bryce Miller, absolutely electric fastball, unbelievable velo, spin rate, 2,700 RPMs. I've been hearing it for a couple weeks in a row. It's a fantastic story, and it's an amazing, amazing boost to our rotation after losing Robbie Ray to the unural collateral ligament surgery, also formerly known, a.k.a. as Tommy John. For those of you who know, well, some, for those of you who ask, excuse me, I thought he got um, forearm surgery or he had like a, a forearm strain. He did, but when they went in to do that, a the I'm not a doctor, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna give a reference to what's called the Arm. It's a book written by one Jeff Passan of ESPN. It's a fantastic book that explains this and in the anatomy of the forearm and the arm and how everything kind of, you know, works off of each other and in tandem. So this is what I can tell you for a fact. The surgery that Robbie Ray had was specifically to address or used specifically to address a forearm strain that is unlike the underarm of his forearm, right? 
The problem was that the UCL, the uteral collateral ligament, now follow with me here, that attaches to the part of the forearm that had the tear in it, which is why they had the surgery. So if you didn't take care of the UCL, we took care of the forearm. When Robbie Ray went to go ramp back up in 12 months time, or however long it's going to take, 12 to 14 months, Fingers crossed, maybe take you know a little bit sooner, but I highly doubt that, especially with how valuable Robbie is, Robbie Ray is for our team and for our organization and for our leadership. That you have to make sure that the UCL is safe, which is why they were talking about that. So, pardon, thank you for sticking with me if you did through that. There was a reason why I wanted to talk about that. So, Bryce Miller has been amazing. Sucks that we lost Robbie. Friday was that. Saturday, seven to three win. Logan, aka Walter, six innings pitched, four hits. Two earned runs, nine strikeouts, and just 87 pitches. Very, very efficient outing by one Logan Walter Gilbert. Home run by Suarez, tie with three strikeouts. And people, you might be asking why I keep bringing about the strikeout numbers. I'll get, I'll get to there once we finished up with the stat line. Brash uh, had a good balance bounce back performance Saturday, recording three strikeouts, including numbers uh, 98, 99, and 100 career strikeouts for one Matt Brash. Congrats to him. Um. And then Sunday, George Kirby yesterday loses a 3-2 ball game, 7 innings pitch, 6 hits, 3 earned runs, a rare walk, 6 strikeouts on 88 pitches. So, you had Logan go 6, Bryce went 6 in the 3rd, Kirby went 7, all of them, I think Bryce threw 90 pitches, so Bryce threw 2 pitches more than Kirby, 3 more than Logan, excuse me, and you can't. You can't hit the baseball. You just can't. Like, let me, first of all, and a really, really, really quick, quick thing. Apologies for this scatterbrain style right now. Um, Jose Caballero, congratulations on your first career home run. Jared Kellner getting the home run off of a left-hander. Beautiful thing to see. I like the little Sammy Sosa, a little hop out of the batter, batting uh, batter's little cage there for you. But let's, I want to address a statement that one Jerry DePoto said on 710 Seattle Sports Network 1 via Brock and Salk show. You can find it on Thursdays if you don't know about this. And I quote from one Jerry. You know, as crazy as it's going to sound, and I know this is going to sound a little bit crazy to, to some people who are listening considering our struggles. Things have been more good than bad. Things have been more good than they have been bad. Okay, Jerry. Now, what do you mean by that? I'm going to try and keep this as short as I can for you guys, okay? We have the second to, if not number one, second best rotation in baseball, without question. That's even with the struggles of Luis Castillo. That's with Marco getting shelled in Boston. I'm not going to get into that because I'm, I don't want to do that today. But I want to talk about some players that are struggling. And then when I'm talking about these players that are struggling, we'll finish up with the statement I just said. Because this all kind of correlates, okay? Players who are struggling right now. So this is the bad section of that, of that statement, okay? Sam Haggerty, 34 plate appearances, 147 average, 5 hits, 9 strikeouts to just only 4 walks. Taylor Trammell, 34 at-bats, 147 average again, 5 hits, 15 strikeouts to 6 walks. AJ Pollock, 79 ABs, now we're starting to get some track record here, 152 average, 12 hits, 20 strikeouts to 6 walks. And I finished this little this little line, this little stat line here for you guys. Chris Hulk hands flexing. 28 and a third innings pitched. 6.67 ERA. 
19 strikeouts to already 12 walks, five home runs. He's allowed 21 earned runs. So, Jerry, I ask you again, do you have courage of your conviction? And I know usually when Jerry says something, he is in the right core to do so. So I'm not questioning necessarily the premise that he's standing upon with this statement. But I'm questioning the reason. What's the point? What is the point of saying something like this, Jerry? Honestly, I just read you, read you guys these stats. Sam Haggerty should have been sending down a AAA two weeks ago. 34 ABs. See here. We are 46 games. 46 games in the, in the season. Sam Haggerty has 34 ABs. Why is he on the roster? He doesn't play but more than one day a week. He's He could be sent down to AAA. He has options. What's the problem? What is... He's not that much of an instrumental leader in the clubhouse from what I have heard and what I've seen. Granted, that's been on Twitter, but that's like via Ryan Divish, Shannon Dreyer. Very, very credited people, right? Credited sources. So, with Haggerty not hitting a damn, Taylor Trammell is literally a home run or nothing. AJ Pollock has over three times more strikeouts than he has walks. So, none of these guys are controlling the zone, our mantra. The saying that we've had for years, that we built our organization upon. We will be a draft, develop, trade organization that controls the zone. That's what Jerry, Scott, Justin, Andy, McKay, everybody with the organization, that's what they've all said. And praise to them. They've been, they've been very consistent. But let me just make this abundantly clear for those of you who don't know where I stand. This is ludicrous. It's ludicrous. It really honestly is. Because look at what the organization's done right now. We're two games under 500 at the 46 game mark. Jerry said it again. I'm referencing everything Jerry said word for word. We look at the first 50 games to see what we're, what we're, what we're going to look like to kind of get a feel for our team. What kind of team are, are we going to be? The next 50 games is to infuse us with whatever talent and holes on the roster and address whatever needs we have. And then the last 50 is to see how the how the, how the 50 edition games of what you did in the, the free agency, the trades, how your acquisitions play out to see how your season ends. So you've essentially hit the first third of the season, Jerry. Our offense is putrid. We cannot hit the baseball. Colton Wong, I don't I don't care. On it. And I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to be dismissive. I understand everybody has has an opinion. There is no reason Colton Wong should be on this roster. There isn't. Dylan Moore, praise, praise the baseball gods. And I hope I'll rub on a Buddha if I can find one of Value Village because I just got done moving, right? <laughs> um, not to disrespect the Buddha religion or anything. I just don't know where else I could find one at a cheaper price tag. Anyways, we need to address the holes. The DH position has been god-awful. God-awful. Nobody can hit when they're DHing. I don't understand if it's some kind of, uh, you know, oh, I'm going to be, I'm DHing today. Okay, then, Scott. Kind of like melancholy about it. Go find somebody who hit the freaking baseball. I don't care if you have to go trade for Carlos Santana again. Do it. Ty France. Has the same amount of home runs for a fun fact as Eric Hosmer, who was just DFA'd by Chicago. 
Two. Jose Caballero has one less home run than Ty France. What the hell, man? What the hell is this going on? What is this madness, Jerry, Justin, Scott? You know, the decision to send J.P. Crawford in Atlanta. Stupid. The decision to let Walter and Logan in, that, in, that, in, the, in his second-to-last start where he had the no-hitter going, and you failed to really utilize him properly. You let him go extra. You pissed away the start in Detroit. And he loses his fizz is amazing. I'm trying my best to keep this clean right now because I get really pissed off with this kind of stuff. As far as I'm considered right now, Scott's got strike one done for this season for me. I could say strike two if I wanted to. But I'm trying, trying to not be one of those people that says, just fire Scott. Just get rid of him. Because I know it doesn't work like that. Baseball doesn't work like that. You look, but I mean, but some people are going to say, well, look at the Phillies. The Phillies set F you to their manager, right? And then they end up making it to the World Series. They were having offensive struggles and problems. Guess what they did? They addressed it. I know Trey Turner sucks right now. I know they have Bryce freaking Harper. Nicholas Castellanos is playing good. Brandon Marsh is having a nice bounce back. They traded for Brandon Marsh. They went out and signed Tywin Walker, who's awful. I get it. Aaron Nola isn't that great. So a lot of people are going to say, you know, well, why are you, you know, why are we saying that if they didn't spend money and you're giving these examples, aren't you kind of giving the point to make against it? I'm trying to keep my head level with the people who listen. Because I understand that we're all watching the same baseball right now. The baseball that's not competitive. Like, when we, when we are down two runs, I genuinely question why should I just keep watching. And I know if I'm going to say, oh, then you're not a true fan. You can kiss my you-know-what for all I care. The, I've been watching this team and this organization since I had diapers around, running around, being a cyclone crazy kid at two-year-old, the terrible twos, right? I love this team. I bleed blue and green for this damn city. But you can't tell me that this team is, that this is, this is okay, that we have every reason to just keep being patient while the wild card people, or while the other teams inside the wild card, Toronto, Baltimore, are just going to run away. They're going to run away with this. I know it's early. We have 100-plus games. A lot of crazy stuff can happen. I get it, right? But we are putting ourselves further and further behind the eight ball. The longer we wait for these kind of decisions to be made. Chris Flexen, I heard this thing about his uh, reason why he's still on the roster. If they cut him post-June 1st, they save, like, I guess his money doesn't become guaranteed, blah, blah, blah. This, uh, Kyle Seeger said this statement, right? Kyle Seeger, beloved Mariners, love fandom kingdom, right? At some point, it has to be about winning ball games, ladies and gentlemen. It's not about what's optics. Win baseball games. The seats get filled. Money is made. See how easy that is? It's simple. Win games. Get more people inside the, of your ballpark. Beautiful T-Mobile Park. One of the most beautiful parks in the entire country. Right? But people are not going to go to the park if you don't play good baseball. Because they can watch it at home versus spending 100, 200, 300 plus dollars to go to your to go to your ballpark to watch you not hit the baseball. So Jerry, Scott, Justin, everybody who's affiliated with roster construction, management, lineups, all this crap. Bring up Jake Shiner, bring up Mike Ford, send down Sam Haggerty, DFA Taylor Trammell. Who cares? Bring up Cade Marlowe. You want to be draft, develop, and trade? How about you develop our hitters a little bit better versus just pitching? 
because it's the facts. Harry Ford two, is two years away still. Um, Cade Marlowe, maybe he'll be ready this year. Who knows? Jake Shiner, maybe. Mike Ford, hopefully. Who knows? Maybe. Axel Sanchez, two, three years away. Lazaro Montez, the same thing. So if we have such a gap in our talent with positional players, go fill that on the roster and just just do it. Like Nike says, just do it. Stop stop protecting your assets, Jerry. I don't know, it feels like I'm just <clears throat> excuse me, it feels like I'm just attacking Jerry. I'm not trying to. These are real questions that the fan base has. We want answers. And we deserve them. Because without us paying for the seats in the ballpark, you guys don't make the money to go out, which you guys refuse to spend in free agency. John Stanton, you are a cheap SOB. And I said it with my full chest. I'm sick and tired of the narrative of the Marine Lair and that teams come in here and then they hit home runs. And why is it that they can hit home runs but the Mariners can't? I don't know. But the excuse of the Marine Lair doesn't freaking cut it anymore. It doesn't because other teams come in here. They smack the piss out of the baseball and they score runs all over us across the board. So stop making excuses and go make a lineup that can actually make the World Series so I can shut my mouth about this topic. And I'm out with the Mariners for today. That's all I'm going to drop it right there. Recap for the Seahawks draft is very simple, right? Devin Weatherspoon, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Derek Hall, Zach Charbonnet, Anthony Bradford, Olu, Olu, Olu Oluwatimi, um, Mike Morris, uh, Kenny McIntosh, and Jarek Reed, right? That's their, that's their draft class. My favorite picks of, of this draft, easy. I love Derek Hall. He's a he's, he's going to be a leader on this team. I know it's a bold statement as a rookie who's never taken the field, not even for a preseason in the game, to say he's going to be a starter or he's going to be a leader. This guy's built differently. Like I hear all the time. He gets off the bus. Guys are like, oh, damn. And that's what we need. We need big, freaking, massive, monstrous men. That's a lot of M's, right? So I love Derek Hall. Olu, love him. I forgot about Cam Young. Apologies. He's going to be fantastic. At no tackle position. I love what he can bring. The versatility. The, he can fill up that two-gap scheme. He's a big body who's going to clog up the holes in the lanes. Kind of similar to what Al Woods did just with a more athletic profile. It's a bummer that the Kraken season is over when it did. It was a fantastic ending. Yes, I watched a lot of the hockey for those people who have been giving me a bunch of crap on social media about talking about the Kraken, but then I don't watch it all the time, which I understand. But it's hard to watch sometimes. I'm one of those people that I have a hard time tracking the puck. I just do, right? And if I can't see the puck, then I have to learn how to follow the players and how the game works, blah, blah, blah. But I just want to say that it's been a pleasure getting back into this podcasting field again. Apologies again for the huge downtime in between everything. It sounds like and looks like we're going to record perfectly with no breaks, which is absolutely amazing. So again, thank you to everybody who's taken the time out of their day previously or for today or just any time in general for listening to my podcast. I genuinely appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. With that being said, I'm going to get off the pod for today off the mic. Mariners hit the bump today. La Piedra, as my buddy calls him, El Raco, is on the mound tonight. And I cannot wait to watch tonight. Win the ball game or else I'm going to come out here tomorrow. And it's going to be a little bit similar to what we talked about today. So hopefully that doesn't happen. God bless everybody for listening. Have a fantastic Monday. 
CS Rise, go Hawks, and uh, to the Kraken depths we go. I'll catch you guys next time. Peace.